Summer driving is here, and so are the red-hot deals on the best tire brands at Dobbs. Money saver June deals on new sets of Goodyear, Cooper, Continental, Michelin, and Pirelli tires. Click on GoToDobbs.com to find your next set of tires today. Before history is written, it's played. Before it's frozen in time, it's fought one shift at a time. Before it's etched in silver, it's carved in ice. What happens next will last forever. The Stanley Cup Final on ABC and ESPN Plus begins Saturday. Get ready for winter driving at Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers with super deals on tires, including up to $200 on new Goodyear tires, plus oil changes, brakes, batteries, and more. For value and savings, click on gotodobbs.com today. Let's go out to the Brown and Crouppen Celebrity Line. Happy to be joined by the voice of the Blues. He is Chris Kerber. You can follow him on Twitter at Chris Kerber. Curbs, thanks so much for the time today, man. Let's start with this. Earlier today, we uh, listened to a quote from Darren Drager saying that NHL teams, and specifically he referenced Arizona, probably going to be looking to offload some of their salary this year. From your perspective, looking at this thing from outside, how much do you think we are going to see teams do that where they're just going to offload salary because of what we saw this year with the loss of revenue? Yeah, it's a, that's a fantastic question. I, I think the, the, I've heard similar things uh, about Arizona as well. Um, I, I think there's been another, uh, and I can't remember off the top of my head, Brandon, another team or two where they've talked about internal cap. You know, the, the league is a salary cap. That, that's, not, that's not necessarily where a team has to have its budget. Um, there's just a floor and there's a cap. Uh, so, you know, I think that there's one or two other teams that, that are in that same boat that have said uh, we, we may have an internal cap, say around 71 million versus 81 million, those kind of things. So, I, man, I, this is going to impact uh, a lot here in terms of one, the market, but two, who becomes available, how three, it can impact competitive balance. I mean, this it, it, it is a fascinating aspect of, of the impact of COVID here. Because it doesn't just, it's not just impacting, going to impact the business as we know it for fans. I mean, I think it's going to have a, got to have, it at some point has to have an impact on what a free agent market looks like. Now, Curbs, what I want to talk about is with the free agents and whatnot and the players that are coming up for contract, even trade possibilities. I, I talked about it earlier. I feel like the upper-class players, meaning the top-paid guys in the league, they're probably going to be fine, and I think your entry-level and your lower-tier players are probably going to be somewhat in the same area, but that the middle-class payroll for players around the NHL, they're gonna, that's going to be problematic. And So I guess my question to you is, if the Blues are trying to make some moves, they do have a good percentage of, we'll call them middle-class payroll guys, how difficult do you think that'll be for for them to move a player or to make a trade or anything at all based on the fact that some teams may not be looking for that four, five, six million dollar player. They're looking more for the one to one and a half million dollar player. Yeah, it's a, a, so, you know, a couple of parts to that. Jamie, if you remember, you go back to the 0405 lockout and, and you remember one of the big arguments that was made against a salary cap was that eventually you were going to have your haves and your have-nots, and it was going to give the majority of money under the cap to a few players, and then everything else had to be divided. 
And and that was one of the arguments. Yeah, uh, Bob Goodenow called it the week. stars over Kansas theory, that you have nothing. You see the stars, and that's all. Everybody else is irrelevant. Right. And, and you know what? When you look back now, uh, essentially, what, almost 15 years later, uh, that's happened. I mean, it really has. I think we talk, might have talked about it last week or maybe on one of the other shows when we talk about guys like having some guys who's Pro careers may have ended uh, a year or two early because of salary cap issues and, and no one was there to sign them. Now, to your point with the Blues, I, I think I actually think what the Blues have done is in their favor to move something because when you're talking about average annual values, I think teams are finding those middle ones palpable because they do feel that they can move them. If you go to make a trade and you go to make a trade for a player that's in that four to five million dollar range, even the case of six, it doesn't sting as much as somebody in that eight, nine, ten million dollar range. And so if there's going to be a market correction, it may be a market correction in the fact that a 15 goal scorer is no longer a four million dollar player, you know, and and that's that's what we could see here. So I, I don't think that it it's boy, that's a real fascinating aspect of this. I, I I really got to think, though, that in the here's what we've learned. I guess in the end, when we like when we saw some teams like like the Jeff Carter deal with Philadelphia, right, and watch that contract get moved out to Los Angeles, and some other long term contracts get moved, you're like, okay, no one's going to trade for one of those, and yet we saw them moved, right? I think in the end, teams find a way if it's a player that they really want, and I don't think that aspect of it will change. I guess the follow-up question that I would have, Curbs, is we, we've we mentioned so much about Tyler Bozak this offseason and his, his contract, and it's nothing against Bozak. We all like the player. We all would love to see him stay here in St. Louis, but as you look down the, the list of contracts and where the Blues could potentially cut, his name is seems to be the one that's most frequently brought up. If you could get Tyler Bozak for $5 million, which is what he's at right now for one year, this upcoming season's the final year on his deal, but you have to give up an asset to get him, or you can go on the open market where potentially the salaries are depressed this offseason, and maybe that typical $5 million player is only going to cost you $2 million this time around, does it make it more difficult to trade a guy like Bozak this offseason than it would be in a normal offseason, in your opinion? Uh, yeah, I do think, you know, the the market, it, it could. It, it, in, in the scenario that you just described, it could. Um, but at the same time, I'm not sure that when you actually – and you have to look at the actual list of free agents that are out there. And I'm not sure that you're going to – every now and then once camp is opened up, you'll find some bargains. I don't know that you're going to find that kind of bargain where, again, going back to what I finished with Jamie there – Eventually, if, if this is a player you want, you're going to find a way to get him because there is something you want, whether it is now the Stanley Cup championship experience, the role, the leadership, whatever it may be. Uh, you know that that'll play a, that'll play a role in it. I, I just I just wonder, guys, more along the, the market side of it, is are free agents and and their agents are are they going to go into this off season thinking that this is like any normal off season? demanding that kind of uh, a certain amount of money, a certain kind of thing with a flat salary cap, or is because of all the market issues that have happened due to COVID and money issues that have happened there, uh, does that actually change what the market looks like in terms of what teams can afford? 
And guys, look, we, we've heard of things like in, in baseball and these other sports, you know, collusion with, with free agents in baseball over the last uh, couple of seasons, right? This one's very different. I mean, you're going to have teams that say, "Look, we're not going to spend to the cap. We don't. We, we don't. We just don't have that income to be able to do so." So I'm like, where this market settles is going to be a real interesting one. If we just see a myriad of spending, or if we see a much more conservative approach, and I, I just don't know which side that ball is going to fall yet. Final question for the voice of the blues, Chris Kerber here on 101 ESPN. Jeremy Rutherford reporting that Bill Armstrong and Arizona are close on making him a deal uh, to become the next GM of the Coyotes. If that does end up getting done, Curbs, what are the blues losing with Bill Armstrong potentially walking out of the building? They're losing a really good guy in terms of draft and scouting and, and, and understanding what the organization needed from that standpoint in terms of, uh, the chances you have to take in, in, in drafting young players and the, the losing a guy with a tremendous work ethic and a terrific human being on top of it all. And, and they're going to have to fill it. And guys, I don't think that this is a, a small thing in any way. If you go back over the last, well, let's, let's go back all the way to the drafting of, of Eric Johnson and on when Yarmo Kekalainen was in charge of the draft for the blues. And you basically go from Yarmo Kekalainen to Bill Armstrong. You know, Bill Armstrong took over after Yarmo left to, to go join Columbus. That's that's a pretty solid run over two guys that were in charge of your draft under Larry Plo and then now Doug Armstrong. So it's it's a role that will be interesting to see how Doug fills. We, we know that what Doug has a real demanding work ethic, I think, when it comes to especially in this role. Doug understands what it takes and how many times you've got to go see a player and, and what you feel and how you feel that out. And I think the St. Louis Blues over the last 10 to 15 years have, for the most part, really drafted very well. And for them to have the kind of success they've had with only a couple of top 10 picks overall is really impressive. And that stresses the importance of the role. So, and essentially, don't forget, Bill Armstrong was in charge of the draft and then given the assistant general manager title, right? So he really had a dual role. We'll have to wait and find out if Doug is going to kind of go back to splitting that role up, keeping the one combined whether he fills it in-house with a Tim Taylor or Rob DeMaio, who have been uh, longtime parts of the St. Louis Blues, or if he goes outside uh, for another angle on things, we'll wait and see. But it is a, it's not talked about much. It's not looked at much because of the way hockey structures are in place. But, man, is it a critical, critical role if you're going to stay competitive year in, year out. It'll be interesting to see where they go. He's the voice of the Blues. He is Chris Kerber joining us here on 101 ESPN. He joins us each and every Wednesday right here on Ribs and BK. Kerbs, we always appreciate the time, man. Thanks so much for hopping on with us today. All the best to you and your family. Jamie, Brandon, thank you, buddies. Uh, we will talk to you guys soon. See ya. Thank Sounds you. good. See you you got it. That is Chris Kerber joining us here on 101 ESPN.